Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown. Kentucky. Touchdown. Kentucky. <laughs> Victory. Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish. There's buggers over here. <laughs> Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Good morning and welcome into Kentucky Roll Call on Big S FM fourteen fifty AM. I am Nick Rouch here on Tuesday, May seventeenth, ready to get you rocking and rolling. Back in the studio is the scoop struggling. Justin, Good grief, Caleb. Yeah, the music would not stop for me today. It's okay, it's like Monday all over again. I'm great. I'm here. Woo! KRC. Yeah, we're, we're it's a little uh, rough morning in the Roush house too. We've got a a sick kid on our hands, so Ooh. you know there, there there comes a a few obstacles, a few hoops that you have to jump through. Um, you know, didn't necessarily sleep great last night, but hey, we're 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 trudging through this. We're trudging through this, figuring it out. That's right. Yep, sick kids never ideal. I thanks for my daily reminder to not get married and start a family and all that because that would infringe upon everything that I want to do. So thanks for that, Ralph. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Um, Adam Luckett is going to be joining us throughout today's show as well, but we're also giving away tickets once again to it's choose your headliner for yep. Bourbon and Beyond Louder Than Life. And we're texting in a, this, this, this is a giveaway for our texters at 502-414-1450. I don't know what got me on this yesterday. I, I spent a lot of my, my Monday yesterday, Justin, figuring out. I, I just had a lot of time with my thoughts because I was power washing all That's day. Dangerous. Justin, you strike me as somebody. It's very satisfying work, the power washer. Yes. Uh, it, it just, it, it, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than just, completely satisfying however it can be a little mind-numbing and i was just going through my brain trying to rack my brain on how to give away today's things and uh all i could think of is who's the bad guy and so today we're going to talk about some of our the worst bad guys in the southeastern conference i know adam luckett has some strong thoughts on a few folks uh but if you make your case for your best bad guy most creative bad guy basically just help us with some content damn it five zero two four one four 1450 on the Thornton's text line. We can pick you to choose your headliner to attend one day at either Bourbon and Beyond or Wider Than Life. And 
all but the first day is taken right now. So there, there's plenty of room for uh, for you to pick your favorite act that's going to be headlining the outstanding two-week event coming to town in September. Yeah, no no Jack White, no Alanis set, but there are already a couple really good entries into the text line. So if you want those tickets, make sure you send something in. Oh. One of them kind of got Love me. It. I'll be, on, I'll be yeah, honest with you, Roush. One of them got me. I, I had forgot about the guy okay. in the SEC, and it, it kind of triggered me a little bit. Oh, oh, I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get to that on the Thornton's text line. Justin, I'm curious, since this is this is tangential oh. to our discussion, but what um, it, for for Indiana basketball, who I, the, I don't know who, because for the longest time. Uh, well, let's be frank. Bob Knight was the bad guy. Your savior, your messiah, your hero was the person everybody hated. So I'm curious, who is the bad guy for the evil empire at Indiana basketball? Who is your bad guy? Uh, man, there's been so many over the years, and I'm I'm not going to give the correct answer because I'm younger than what the correct answer should be, which is some guy in the 80s, early 90s. Um, that's what That's what typically everyone would say. But for me... And the, these guys have gone down a little bit over the years just due to being out of the spotlight or whatever. But Robbie Hummel was a big one back in the day. He was just constantly hitting shots against Indiana. I, everyone hated Robbie Hummel. And then I would have to say a guy like, um, I don't know, maybe like a Draymond Green at Michigan State would have been another good one just because he always got under the skin. And just he, he, he was the exact same player in college that he is now. So. But one of the one of those two guys for sure. Okay, I, do you, do you get triggered when you see Robbie Hummel on television because he's on TV a lot and <laughs> and hell, I even hear him sometimes on the radio. I think he does a good job. But does it do, does do, do the hair stand up on the back of your neck when you hear his voice? No, interestingly enough, I think Robbie Hummel does a really really good job on TV. I, I like watching Robbie Hummel on TV. So that's what I that's what I mean. Like it, they've gone down over the years in terms of my hatred towards them. So, yeah, it's not like uh, I, I believe he was seven and one, or I, I, he only lost once to Indiana throughout his tenure. He kind of started this whole uh, this thing you all got going now, where you just never beat Purdue. So uh, you can thank Robbie Hummel for that. Yep, unfortunately, Adam Luckett's here. We got joining us on the show now, Adam Luckett. Hey, Luckett, how's it going, buddy? More top of the morning to you, Mister Roush. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. It's good to have you on Kentucky Roll Call. It's good to have you on here not making picks because, <laughs> you know. Little that, do that, we that, forget that Adam Luckett won uh, PT's Picks of the Week two years in a row. Um, but, but no, we're just going to ignore that. I, I think all, all offseason. Really, all in, in, in all of last season. I mean, Adam, after that performance, you know it's, it's I, likely I, that we should forget it or, or should talk about it all the time. I mean, that, that, it was just horrible. But you know what? I, I commend you for that. that was perseverance because yeah. despite your struggles, you kept posting buckets of locks. And some might argue that my collapse after having such an enormous lead and blowing it would be even bigger. But, uh, you know, some people just get hot at the right time. The sports stalker got hot heading into bowl season. That's tough to overcome. It's really tough to overcome. But you know what? We're not here to to bully one another uh, on our bad gambling picks. If that were the case, then uh, we'd all be in trouble. Uh, but we are here today to talk a little ball. Um, and, you know, it's 
it's a slower time of the year. Uh, and like it, I, I knew this would be a potential topic that could get you going of some of your least favorite characters throughout the Southeastern Conference because um, I've I've seen I've seen <laughs> you maybe lose it uh, a time or two. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. So who do you want to start with, Nick? Do you want to start football? Do you want to start basketball? How do you want to do this? Well, Scoots brought up somebody with basketball, so let's let's go ahead and uh, let it ride with with hoops first. We'll we'll stick to that, and then we can kind of deviate to football, and then talk about some other football stuff that's happening around um, Kentucky right now. Because we actually did have some news yesterday to help uh, help get us through this this Tuesday edition of KRC. All right, sounds good. Let's roll. All right, in my basket, I, I, I I'll, I'll start with my basketball guy because it's a little bit off the wall. And I know that uh, nobody else is probably going to have him, but it's down in the the good old city of Knoxville, and it's Wayne freaking Chisholm. Those Tennessee teams under Bruce Pearl, I hated so much. And you could maybe argue like some of the more recent guys are much more hateable, especially Grant Williams flopping all over the place. But Kentucky wasn't very good when Bruce Pearl had Tennessee rocking and rolling, which made it even more insufferable. And I hated everybody on that team. Like just even Stephen Pearl's goofy ass on the sideline. You just he had, you know he's got something about his face just ugh, very off putting. That whole team was unlikable except for Chris Lofton. Chris Lofton was a Kentucky kid, and you're like, damn it. Like he was great at Mason County, Mr. Basketball. I can't hate him that much, but Wayne Chisholm and that stupid headband that he didn't know how to wear on his head. I can really hate this guy. He is one of my least favorite players to ever play basketball in the SEC. Can't stand him to this day. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, God knows, uh, but I, I cannot stand Wayne Chisholm. He is right in my wheelhouse of hated players. And of all the Tennessee ones, most hated by far and away. And it might just be because of that stupid headband, and I might be immature for saying it, but I, I don't care. That guy, he can kick rocks. Yeah, it's uh, there's a bunch of Tennessee folks uh, that could be on here. Uh, one sneaky one I had, Nick, is somehow Rick Barnes has weaseled his way to be in Kentucky's coach's best friend. And that just feels like a very villainy, villainy thing to do. Um, because now we have to hear – now whenever Kentucky beats Tennessee, it comes with an asterisk. We have to hear about how it's hard for them to beat Tennessee because they're uh, friends. Meanwhile, he has – meanwhile, he's tri he's playing this uh, psycho mind game on, on us, um, and he has a winning record for the – like he's like the only coach of Tennessee to ever have a winning record against Kentucky. So that that's – that is one that needs to be thrown out there. Um, he I is – um. Uh, like it, it's like if you watch a Disney movie and you can see the bad guy, like you know that this guy is a bad guy, um, and it just takes. Uh, you, you, you can see him turning heel on the way. It's like that sneaky, get close to your enemies beforehand. That's what little, Rick Barnes little is finger doing. Vibes. He has strong little finger vibes. Yes, good call. Love the Game of Thrones reference. And then the one for me was you know Joe Kim Noah. They were good when he was there. He was obnoxious, um, but he was really good. Um, the media loved him, which made it even worse. Um, so for me, that was probably the biggest villain growing up as a fan was having to deal with him. And Kentucky couldn't beat Florida at the time, and Florida was really good. They had the coach that Kentucky wanted. 
and Noah was the face of all of that. Um, so for me, that on, on court would be Noah, but quietly Rick Barnes is building quite a little villain reputation. Yeah, and the the other thing that Noah did as well, it wasn't like just because he was good and those teams were good. It was the facial expressions. It was doing the gator chomp. Like I, I still can see him standing on that table at the Final Four and doing that chomp, and it just like, ugh. It's sickening. It was really sickening. And what made it even worse is they were so good, but their fans didn't even care because it's Florida. They're a bunch of losers. I, I, that They did not know how to appreciate what they had when they had it. And that's why Billy Donovan's gone. And that's why they stink. And now they have coaches leaving their school to go coach Georgia. What a what a fall from grace. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a, that's a pretty big shot at Florida basketball, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, your coach, or your, this place is so untenable that uh, that the guy would go would rather be in Athens and coach basketball. <laughs> oh, so embarrassing! So embarrassing. Uh, I, I'd like to uh, shift our attention slightly to the uh, to the basketball, or excuse me, to the to the gridiron, because I really, really like it. The whole reason why I chose this is I just wanted to hear you uh, y- yell about Steve Spurrier. That's that's really all I wanted to do. You see, I knew that, uh, but I'm I'm going in a different <laughs> I'm going in a different direction here. What? Okay, now you just you're gonna have to let me play this out, right? Um, Philip Fulmer went from offensive coordinator, interim head coach, and then somehow weaseled his way um, behind closed doors, got important people to get Johnny Majors fired. That's how he got the Tennessee head coaching job. The NCAA pinches Tennessee for sanctions in the early 2000s. Philip Fulmer somehow gets the guy to get Tennessee off um, and punish Alabama. So Fulmer gives him some dirt on some Alabama for recruiting in Memphis, some stuff that was going on there. He somehow convinces Tennessee's president to fire athletic director John Curry because he wanted to hire Mike Leach and somehow convinces him to Give him the job. Make him athletic director. Then when he's athletic director, he hires Jeremy Pruitt, of all people, train wreck, and just oversees McDonald's cashbacks. Yeah. He's the worst of the worst. <laughs> it doesn't get any worse than that. that some might call that a snake. Yeah, uh, snakes in the grass. Yeah, so that is that is he is the ultimate villain. And the thing with Spurrier, Nick, is, like, he gets all this credit for being, like, this offensive genius and all this stuff. But, like, what Kentucky was doing with how Mumming was more um, transformative at the time than that, and it's had, like, a longer um, last lasting point. How, how often do you hear about, uh, you know, the run, and run and shoot? shoot yeah, yeah, concepts. you don't. That's a couple teams thing. run it, but mainly it's, you know, there's concepts he used that, that are still used today. The Mills concept is most – one of the more popular passing concepts, but like what the array, what that did to the game had more of a longer impact than what Spurrier did. And everybody all just liked him because, you know, he was the funniest oh, sure. guy in the room. Yeah. Right, right, right. Wow. That was, that was shocking. That was surprising. Um, I'm, I'm stunned to be quite frank because I've, I've been in a Athens hotel room at 2 a.m. and just heard Luckett start screaming. <laughs> 
at a television about, by God, Steve Spurrier. I just, I hate that. I, I think I was uh, just how we've glorified Spurrier. That's what gets gets under my skin, I think, more than anything. But Fulmer is the, I mean, he is the worst. Um, the worst of the worst. It doesn't get any worse than that. I mean, you want to talk about conniving, backstabbing, backstabbing politician. That, 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 that is Philip Fulmer to a T. Well, again, I don't know what the hell you did to your mic, but it's starting to, it's like poppy and crackly. Uh, maybe you might want to jiggle a cord or something, and that I, might help. Um, I think. There, yeah, yeah, you just shake it, maybe hit it, maybe smack it. That's usually what I do if technology is being weird to me. You just smack <laughs> it around a little bit, see if it starts working. The thing about Spurrier is, I, I, if you say, if I asked this question 10 years ago, it would be a resounding Steve Spurrier because I think in the minds of Kentucky fans, we had kind of grown, begrudgingly grown to accept the Tennessee rivalry as just, all right, we're just taking L's to him. Spurrier would do it and then talk trash about you afterwards, you know, like the little barbs, like, well, they had a good punter, you know, like that stuff, that stuff drove us mad. And to finally get those wins, it really was kind of like exercising some demons. Uh, we talk a lot about um, the the doors that Mark Stoops knocked down at Kentucky. The uh, An early one that like bought a lot of goodwill for a long time was just beating Steve Spurrier and 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 then ending his career. Like that that went a long way because not only did he beat Kentucky all the time, he beat Kentucky a hundred to nothing. It was it was embarrassing, and you just knew like, okay, this is gonna be the Saturday where we look like idiots at the hands of this jokester. And it sucked. It drained the souls out of Kentucky fans. And to be able to not only uh, get the upper hand on South Carolina, but now take two from Florida over the last four years, that that's that means a lot to like I I think Stoops understands that's that means a lot, but but to your overall point, the reason why it probably is somebody at Tennessee, probably somebody at Phil Fulmer, is because that's the one Stoops has done pretty much everything he possibly could do right as Kentucky's head coach, except consistently beat average to bad Tennessee teams. That's the one thing. He's he's got the upper hand on Louisville. He's taken a few from Florida. He's gotten this to, to New Year's Day games on national television and won them against pretty big time programs, but failing to consistently beat Tennessee. Those games, those losses hurt as, as bad as any right now, Lucky. It's 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 really tough because that school is just they're the worst. They're the absolute worst. Yeah, Kentucky is 16 to 2 against uh the trio of South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, um, and that's been the key, that's been the biggest key to the success, right? The year over year success is those three permanent opponent, opponents. You're owning them, and I think you could lump Louisville in there as well to get what three more wins. Uh, yeah, but it's been the, the Tennessee's been yeah. the Tennessee thing's been the been the bugaboo. Um, yeah. It's it's been the thing they can't get, really get past. Um, it's been the thorn in their side. Uh, that's that's the one opponent that they've really had issues with that they probably shouldn't have had issues with. Um, I would bring up that Tennessee's just won every 50-50 game in the series. And if you go and look at the Kentucky-Missouri series, Kentucky's won every 50-50 game, right? Um, so it's just that kind of balances out right there. Um, but that, 
there do some breaks in that series, I think. Uh, I think this year would be a, a fun year for Kentucky to maybe get them. Um, I think it, if you look at the schedules, Nick, I think it that game sets up pretty well for Kentucky. No one's going to want to say they're going to pick it because I'm not picking it until, until – until, I'm not picking them to win until I see them win. Uh, well, <laughs> they just won down there two years ago. Right. But I think it sets up well, and it's just – I think we're going to kind of see a back and forth um, series with those two teams because if you look at recruiting, they're recruiting very evenly. Um, now Tennessee's getting a little bump from uh, the million-dollar quarterback. Yep, the um, the uh, Mc, not McDonald's bag this time around. They're paying players legally now, so right. it's but so, Tennessee's so always yeah. paid players, so like it's not anything that new. It's just we all know how much. Well, they're, they're just, well, they're publicizing it now. That's all it is. <laughs> I mean, they're advertising, free advertising <laughs> at the athletic, the athletic.com. <laughs> not not hiding it from anybody. Any interview they want to do on recruiting. Uh, Tennessee iconic brand. A- iconic means AKA a bunch of Benjamins and a McDonald's bag, <laughs> and a big stupid T. Oh man, God, I can't stand. I, I didn't. I unintentionally just raised my blood pressure this morning, getting mad about the Tennessee <laughs> Volunteers. Uh, we want to get to a break uh, and come back and read some of your submissions on the Thornton's text on five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. But when we come back, I also want to discuss who would who are the best Kentucky villains? Who do other folks around the SEC hate? I know there's definitely some basketball players out there. I know one in particular that's got probably going to get a crawl under Scooter's skin. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about those and much more when we return right after this on Kentucky Roll Call Roll on Big X Sports Radio, call. 96 1 FM, 1458. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. We don't know where Hayes played last year, but I'm sure he did a hell of a job. Welcome back into Kentucky Roll Call. Hanging out with you here on a Tuesday. Nick Roush, Justin Kalen back in studio, and our pal Adam Luckett from Kentucky Sports Radio joining us today. We're letting the hate out of our hearts on this election day, which feels a little ironic. Uh, primary elections happening right now in the state of Kentucky. Get out and vote today. Uh, I, I moved since the last uh, election, so I've got a new polling place, and I'm frankly, I'm disappointed. It's It's closer. I can walk to this one like I could walk to my last one. But the last place I voted, that was uh, old Rutherford Elementary. That's where I used to play Metro Parks basketball back when I was five and six years old. And the gym still smelt like an old library. Love that smell. Just It just takes me back. It was all, it was very nostalgic. But uh, I got a different location. To, I'm actually the, the home of Keontae Goodwin. His middle school is my voting location now. So if you can't find your, if you need to find your voting location, uh, they, they've got a uh, place where you just pop in your zip code on the state's, uh, the Secretary of State's uh, website. So go check that out. Go vote today. You're probably going to be voting for a lot of judges 
Like it, I don't know if any of these judges are good or bad. I just know which ones have the most money, and I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> kind of sounds like college football recruiting. You got the most money, you're gonna get the best. You're gonna get the most votes from the best players. So yeah, yeah. It, good, good to see we got checks and balances in our system. <laughs> yeah, well, because like, and that's the thing with uh, the the mayoral race. Like Craig Greenberg, he's probably got the most money. Probably going to end up winning the Democratic primary, which means he's probably going to be in mayor. It's just weird how that works. I don't, I don't know who else is running except for David Nicholson, and I just don't. Uh, one of the people endorsing him is a real scumbag, so that makes me not want to vote for him. Is that bad? No, I don't think so. One of the guys that was campaigning on his behalf was the councilman in my area that like showed his butt to a woman and they had to like force him out, Dan Johnson. If you want to go down, I, I've had some weird Metro councilmen. Just between Dan Johnson and Vitalis Langshima, the just the Courier Journey journal stories that Joe Sanka wrote on those two. Whew, man, real doozy. It's it's um yeah, we we got some incredible Incredible elected officials in my area. That's why it's important to go vote today, Luckett, so you don't get buffoons who are just going to show their butt to women uh, in parking garages. <laughs> yeah, who wants to be mooned? Nobody. Nobody wants to, uh, especially by a saggy old man butt. It's gross. Uh, but enough of saggy old man butt talk. Go out, vote today, do your civic duty, uh, and and celebrate democracy. Um, it's it's good to have it. Good to have you, democracy. We're, we're we're happy you're happy we're happy you're here, uh, and we're happy that you're texting into the Thorns sex line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Download the Thorns Refreshing Rewards app and go visit your local Thorns today. Maybe stop one in, pick up some donuts in the morning. Justin highly recommends the spicy buffalo chicken wrap, chicken mm -hmm. burrito for lunch. Uh, and if you got that Refreshing Rewards app, you're going to save money when you do it. So download it today. Visit our friends at Thorns. Now, on to villains. I, I think I, I have a good answer for, like, I know some hated Kentucky basketball figures. Obviously, I, I think one of them that's just always going to bug Louisville fans is Patrick Sparks. Yeah, like that's it, obvious I, one. Yeah, but but as far as, like, the SEC, I don't, I don't know who would. Marcus Cousins is an obvious one to me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, especially like the Call Me game, Mississippi State. They really, really hated him, and they were kind of the the second fiddle at that time. Um, well, they, like, were, they were hot right that that three year period there with Stansberry, and that was kind of the official end of it. Was that twenty ten team? But I don't know who like the Bobby Portis, the Arkansas teams. May, maybe if you were asking an Arkansas fan, they would tell you like Malik Monk or something. But I. I don't. I don't. It's 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 hard for me to to pin it down because there's there's been some decent rivalries, but that's not very long standing recently in basketball. So it, it's it's a little bit more difficult. Like, I, it's it's just harder for me to peg down. Look it. Yeah the the basketball one uh, because Kentucky's been seen as kind of the cool school. I don't know if they've had one specific villain under Cal. And to be quite honest, they probably need a villain. Right about yeah. now, yeah. Uh, I, I'm I was racking my brain here during the break, and I I really couldn't couldn't come up with one other than cousins. Obviously, that one obviously stood out. 
I was trying to think, like, back on the Patino teams, who was, like, the annoying... I'll give you one. ...guy they might have had. Go ahead, Scoot. My, for me, hands down, my least favorite Kentucky player of all time, Terrence Jones. No question. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> I could see that. Uh, the, yeah, um, especially when you had Dickie V during that Indiana game. This was not my preseason first team All-American. What are you doing, Terrence? Come on, get out there. <laughs> um, yeah, that I could see that one. Uh, if you go back to the Patino team, I feel like Antoine Walker because he, you know, he would that do was, the shimmy. That was what um, I was thinking, but I couldn't remember if that was like uh, obnoxious or what at the time, or if they were so good they just beat everybody's brains in that no one really cared. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of difficult to, it, to find. If you were gonna pick a tubby one, I remember it's 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 what made me really love Keith Bogans. It was after winning in the O Dome, uh, back when Florida was good. I think that was the year they came to Rupp as the number one team, and we yeah. selected them at thirty. Yeah, and then to end, it capped off a perfect regular season uh, down at the O Dome, and after the game, somebody threw like a stuffed. It was like a teddy bear, but it was a Florida Gator mascot onto the floor at the guys, and Bogans picked it up and punted it into the stands. And I, that was just like, I, I've never been more proud to be a Kentucky fan. Like that, <laughs> that, that was such an awesome feeling. So may, maybe he was like the Batino guy. I know Cliff Hawkins, he was kind of a floor slapper. So that, that would probably have ticked me off too. I feel like Richie Farmer is a guy other schools would have hated. <laughs> It just it doesn't it feel like that? Because he shouldn't be that good, and he really wasn't that good, but he would always hit those shots that would annoy the hell out of you. Yeah. Somehow like this this guy's averaging twelve points a game. This guy just went for seventeen. What's going on? He's got hair in all the weirdest places, you know. Like it's he he, he kind of was like Teen Wolf, except like bare arms, you know. Yeah. It was like Kentucky fans did a creative player, and that's what we have to deal with right now. <laughs> oh. From from a football standpoint, I don't know if we've ever had a villain, and that's that that's a bad thing. I think the closest thing you could get oh, to we, it, Cass with, Daniel. Oh yeah, okay, all right, I take that I back. Mean, <laughs> Florida fans, what they? For oh man, that's all they wanted to talk about was Cass Daniel. That, that is that is the even Louisville fans some, wanted him in jail. Some within the fan base weren't big Cass Daniel fans either. I mean, he was a villain within his own people. So that is the answer. Oh yeah, good call, good call, Luckett. Yeah, because I I remember Benny Snell talked quite a bit of trash, and yeah, that would have was fun. Like people liked him, right? Right. Like he was the guy that you would kind of hate, and then he would like flash a smile, and you'd be like, "Can you really hate this guy?" And and he's good, but he's not like, you know, he's he's good in a very just like he's just running you over and getting like four and five yards at a time. He wasn't making the big flashy plays that really can aggravate the hell out of you as a fan. And Jared Lorenzen had some villain traits, but everybody just loved him. He was like the lovable villain. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because he, he you know, Jared, uh, he didn't have, um, he didn't have a filter on that mouth of his, you know? Right. But people loved him. I mean, people still talk about him all the time. Like he, you'll see, I'll see him. People talk, bring him up on Twitter all the time. 20 years later um and mm -hmm. i think that'll that'll still be the case like when our kids find out about jerry lorenz and nick they'll probably be fascinated by it oh yeah yeah and it th there's gonna there's probably a couple of youtube videos out there that are just gonna just keep piling up 
hits and views because it is one of those things. If you haven't watched a good Jared Lorenzen highlight in a while, watching him just falling down and slinging it. Oh, so much fun. Right. And Kentucky still was uh, part of what makes a good villain is you got to be pretty good. And that was the thing about cash. Cash was on a good team, you know, and, and that, and that they were a thorn. Oh, if if cash would have been, if he would have been uh, probably a level up better, so, like, a guy that's kind of competing for all SEC linebacker his senior year, mm-hmm. you I mean, people would have despised him what, throughout like, the league. All-time great villain was the dude from Clemson. Was it Bullware or Yeah, Ben Bullware. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's, that's, I, that's the guy that, I, if you leveled Cash up a little bit to Bullware, that's who he would have been. Because, man, people really hated that guy, too. Yeah. I mean, if we're just talking general SEC basketball villains, like Marshall Henderson. I mean, just a video of him at Auburn and that old man <laughs> standing up. I mean, that is, that's it. That doesn't get more villainy than that. Oh, man. But I loved him for it, though. Like, you know, you want to make Ole Miss ba- – like, that's the only way you can make Ole Miss basketball relevant is have some dude just talking all sorts of trash. Mm-hmm. Um, need that. Love that. Um, I, I, I want to get to th- – this has been a fun conversation. We're going to have it throughout the show. I want to briefly take a break to talk about a couple things that came up in the news yesterday uh, and over the weekend. Because we got some 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 new win totals like it, and I kind of... And... I, w- I do want to say with these win totals, these are all over the place. Like, we don't have consensus. Right, yet. right. And, I don't and... think you can get on and really pay, place a big wager on these yet. Right. And, It'll and... come later, later in the... Probably in about a month, we'll have, like, solid ones that you could go and waste your big money on. The one that I'm going to have up on Kentucky Sports Radio this morning is from Points Bet. Mm-hmm. And they they also only did have, so there's no pushes. Uh and and I think that's a big reason why that Kentucky's at eight and a half. But I but I think where my brain's going though, like it is it's I love seeing that the consensus among folks in Vegas that Kentucky like where Kentucky is on the pecking order considered with the rest of the SEC. And in this one, AM and Kentucky are both at eight and a half, and nobody else is that high besides Bama and Georgia, who are each at 10 and a half. So I don't think it's the most scientific way to go about things. But just to know that folks hold them in higher regard than Tennessee and Florida, it really warms my heart after having to deal with those jerks all these years. Like, yeah. man, just suck it, you losers. And you have to realize with that, Vegas is assuming that Kentucky's going to – they're locks to win in at least six games, right? Yeah. And then there's the toss-up factor. Uh, so I think it says a lot about maybe the non-conference schedule. They're probably pretty heavy favorites in all those games. And then I think the eight home game factor factors in there too, Nick. They're getting a lot of clo- like get teams that, that will maybe be toss-ups on a neutral or on the on the road. They're getting them at home where they're maybe a legitimate favorite, maybe against South Carolina, teams like that. So I think there's – it's just more evidence, I think, that that things are kind of stacking up for this season. You've got yeah. a quarterback that could be first-round caliber. Um, your defense has holes, but I think they've done a pretty good job of filling those. Um, they're a little bit older. They should be fine on that end. You've got a guy who could be an All-American running back. They've got some guys at receiver. They've got depth. It's just, a lot of things are adding up, and 
it's the table is kind of set. Now they just got to go and uh, do their job on the field. Oh man, it's um not to get you too excited, but that's just <laughs> I mean that's that's just yeah. how it's feeling, and I think it's only going to increase this momentum as we get closer to the season starting. Yeah, and the only um the the two toss ups that are on the road though, Florida and Tennessee. Like th- those were the games that I mentioned, and those are the teams that have kind of and Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, just from a, um, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, other than to call them rivals, but there is some something. There's some extra juice when you play against those teams. Uh, not to steal SEC's tag on, but it's just it does mean more in those games. And to come in with Florida right off the bat. And it's the second game of Billy Napier's tenure well, as coach. You feel like you need to go out there and snag that one, you know? Well, Florida doing a Utah-Kentucky double dip is scheduling suicide to start a new tenure. Like, Utah's going to be a preseason top 10 team. And both Utah and Kentucky are pretty much like, on the line of scrimmage, we're going to come out and we're going to fight you and we're going to kick your butt. Um, and Florida – had toughness questions, right? After the yeah, after yeah. the Mullen era ended. Um, and they've got depth questions if you kind of dig into them on the line of scrimmage. So that is a scary proposition, I think, for a guy who's trying to fix a culture to come out and play two culture warriors um, who have good teams, good quarterbacks uh, right off the jump. Uh, so that's an interesting start uh, for, for Florida. Like, it's very easy to see them going on to. You could argue, I think, maybe 0-2 is more likely than 2-0 for them. Yeah, I, I think that'd be safe to say. And that's that, the world I want to live in. Owen to Florida on week three. <laughs> what um, where where where, where, this, where are they doing Jerry World for that game against Utah? Where's that neutral site? Do you know off the top of your head? That's the swamp. It's at Florida. Oh wow, a home and home. I mean, that's Utah. That, yeah, that's the Urban Bowl. Game. Right, oh, it's the Urban Bowl. Is is do do we think Urban's going to be there? He's got to show up, right? Well, he's. Sounded like he's getting back with Fox, so he's probably going to be on that big noon pregame show. I mean, why? Why does Fox pay him money? Like, can they not read the room? Nobody likes Urban Meyer. No, let Troy Aikman and Joe Buck walk. Let's bring back Urban Meyer and all is well. <laughs> what? What the hell, Fox? You big morons! Um, gosh, uh, we're we're on football right now, and we had a question yesterday that I think you can. Uh, address directly uh, based on what I've seen you you cooking up on the website. But uh, there's a quarterback who spoke with Steve Wilfong recently, CJ Carr, ranked 25th in the 24-7 composite, a five-star. He's like top 30 and on three. One of those just awesome guys who said that Florida and UK are up next on his visit list. Who, He's what, a- what, can, we, can, we, can we kind of hone in? Can you help us set our sights on which kind of – quarterbacks Kentucky is, is trying to pursue in this this 2024 yeah, class. Yeah, I'm actually writing about this today. Um, you're starting to see the targets emerge. Um, Dante Reno was a big one. Um, he's up in Connecticut. Cohen had a relationship with him that kind of got established. Um, I think they're going to try to get him to visit again. He camped at Kentucky last summer and worked out. He's teammates with a pair of twins whose name escaping me who are from Kentucky, from Somerset, played with Kaya Sharon. They moved up to Connecticut at this this prestigious prestigious like football program, so he's a big name. Um, but Carr, CJ Carr, just kind of popped up over the weekend. Nick, we weren't really sure he was like even an option for Kentucky. 
Um, but like they've been doing, they've been recruit, recruiting in the shadows, this coaching mm-hmm. staff. Yep. And so now we find out that they, they're making like a big push for this kid. Um, and if you kind of dig into it, he's ranked top 25. It seems like he's going to be higher than that um, if he keeps developing. Because at all these camps and stuff, they're seeing him work out. He's been awesome. Um, he's very, as you would think, being from a football family, obviously Lord Carr's grandson, very advanced, I think, um, knowledge of the game for this point in his career. Um, so he's probably like their biggest fish at this point. Now, that's probably going to be a long shot, but it shows, I think, that Scangarello was swimming in the right waters. And then they offered a kid um, from in- Indianapolis last night, Danny O'Neill, who's kind of a fringe yeah. four-star prospect. Yeah. And Purdue's big in on him. He's visited yeah. Purdue a few times. They're probably the favorite right now. Um, but we're starting to see a little push there from the coaching staff in Indianapolis, which is interesting. It's not a really a place they've really ever tried to get into. Um, so those are the three guys right now. And you're going to see probably two or three more names emerge over these next two months. And then it's from there, where do they want to put their – what what basket do they want to put their eggs in um, to kind of zone in and get a quarterback uh, locked in? Um, last year they kind of – Cohen got in late. They they liked Chris Vecina. They were going to make a push for him, him and Chris Parson. Parson commits to Florida State. Vecina commits to Clemson. Um, they're not going to get either of them. This one, I think it's very important to nail their guy early and go and get them because um, they have – I mean, they haven't got a – legit quarterback Nick and since Bo Allen that was a class of 2020 this is class of 2023 it's coming up right now so that's kind of where they're at and I think it's really really important to nail a guy here obviously going to the portal is going to be um, a non-negotiable for them after this season right I mean I think they're going to have some good options especially if Levis has a year we think he's going to have Um, but eventually you got to go out and get a high schooler Um, and this should be the year where they build up momentum they've got a NFL draft pick quarterback NFL scheme, yada, yada, yada. You should be able to go out and get a guy. And so it's seeming like their message is being well-received. Um, Reno, it seems like it's a Kentucky-South Carolina battle as of right now. Yeah. And and then Carr, they're trying to see if they can kind of wedge themselves in there to give themselves a realistic chance um, as their board starts to shrink. And then O'Neal's probably, you know, you're seeing it's early, but seeing where that goes. So, so really right now, over the next few months, that's like the most important thing to follow, I think, when looking at recruiting. Obviously, we're going to get excited about see 2023 prospects and whatnot. Um, but really, the, the the brunt work for the 2024 quarterbacks is going on right now. And that's that's going to be a huge thing, I think, moving forward for the program. Yeah, and it'll tell you, too, how how good of a job they're doing a good barometer is do they get on campus for one of these camps and do they do they actually work out for one of them? yeah like last year the thing Vecina, they had a hard time getting him on campus and then yeah. he comes and he doesn't work out i mean the writing was kind of on the wall there they thought they could maybe close some ground but they got parson on campus and they thought they had a shot at him but then he he turns around and commits to florida state like three days later Pretty quickly yeah yeah so then that was just kind of it there was a couple guys that were fringe that came and worked out yeah, I guess Kentucky didn't like what they see, and they stopped recruiting him. One of them, Brock Lynn, Nick, um, has blown up. He just made Elite 11. He's from Memphis. Auburn is really big on him. Auburn's probably the favorite to get him right now. Um, and his development over the last year has been interesting. That's a guy Kentucky had, and they, they if they really kind of leaned into that, they I mean, he could be a Kentucky commit right now, I think. Um, but they kind of slow-played it, and it seems like they kind of moved on. Um, but so – I mean, that's fine. That's a decision you make. But this year, I mean, it's just essential that they find 
this year, what I mean is 2024, so this summer, that they find a quarterback, they get him in the house. Because if you look in the 2024 class right now, some of their early targets, they're they're making some buzz. Yeah. But no. in recruiting, it's important to land that quarterback. No, no, and we've seen we've seen what Louisville's been able to do just by landing that one quarterback and kind of building off of that. What Kentucky did in the 2022 class, building a top 15 caliber class without a real quarterback in there, it's really good. I mean, that, that stuff doesn't happen very often for a program like Kentucky. You usually have to have the guy in there, the cornerstone piece who can help corral some other fringe prospects in in into your class. Um, for 2024, they're going to have a chance to have another class like that, maybe even be even, even better, which is saying a lot. I mean, it's a long way away, but you get him in there, you can get some momentum, and then some things can happen. Um, but you got to get the guy first. And so that's that's what they're looking at right now, and that's what they're doing because the quarterback is the first commit you get, uh, the first recruit you really zone in on and land for your class. And so over these next few months, it's going to be important to get that guy. Cat's got to nail it. Cat's got to nail it. It's it's. You can only uh, you're you're obviously going to be swimming in the transfer portal waters, but be good to to land one of these guys, especially knowing that you feel pretty good about Coach Rich hanging around for two years. So yeah. use that pedigree, use this Will Levis momentum to your advantage. Having Will Levis uh, getting those those number one overall pick headlines, let's take advantage of it. All right, you don't want a Lamar Jackson situation where, I mean. They never, they didn't really get a big significant bump from that. So, I mean, you got what Puma pass out of it. Ooh, big deal. Like, you knew a little bit better than that, Kentucky. Don't, don't go get a Puma pass next time around. Get somebody uh, who's actually worth a damn, who can actually throw a football, and who's not going to be better now that Lamar's gone. All time great Bobby Petrino line. Oh, man. Yeah, it's get that was a summer from Petrino. <laughs> I mean, he was. You know, like he he had to see that coming, right? He had to see the train wreck coming. And yet, and to come and to talk all that in prior in public all summer, and then to go out and just like poof. I mean, it was they were done in three weeks. That that was that was the summer for Bobby Trino. We need to go back, like going back and listen to the, some of those interviews. You could probably pull some great stuff out of that. Um, but yeah, good times. Bobby Petrino era. Who saw that coming, Nick? Who saw that train wreck in another? No, movie? nobody no could. One, have seen no one it. can predict that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's get to the Thornton Sex line. 502-414-1450. We got some great submissions. Trying to win some tickets to Louder Than Life and Bourbon and Beyond this week. And first one up, this one's a this one's a good one. Best villain in the SEC. That's easy. It's gotta be Marshall Henderson. What a disruptor in the conference. He bopped around from team to team. Then his junior and senior year, he spent all his time making headlines and box scores pop off. Did he change any major outcomes? No. But the threat of it all was enough to get us all invested just in time for us to catch the bird. I'm a longtime fan of the SEC Tournament MVP of 2013, and now he's back at Old Piss as a grad assistant. It's all about the storyline. Yeah, he's he actually yeah. did a year or two, but I think he's no longer at Ole Miss. But that run, they won, I mean, hell, he won an SEC tournament there. Uh, yeah, he was like DX, though. He was like a popular villain, like a villain everybody liked. <laughs> he uh, he also was a notorious DM slider, too. Um, Remember oh, at the SEC tournament, Nick, he was out drinking? <laughs> <after a game? 
You remember that? He was just at the at the bars hanging out middle of a Saturday. Oh, what a lovable villain. Oh man, that's great. But yeah, he slid in our friend Haley Minow's DMs and she would they went back and forth quite a bit and he did not realize that he was uh what he was getting into. He he walked into a hornet's nest on that one. Oh. Shoot your shot, Marshall. <laughs> Um, another texture says best SEC villain has to be Joe Keem Noah. If you're old enough to remember yeah. that team, then you remember how god awful ugly he was. But also, he was real good with uh, Brewer, Green, Spates, Horford, and Humphrey. Hell, you can make that whole team a villain if you wanted. But Noah was the ringleader, and that's the thing. Like, is he was the ringleader? Like, yeah, like Al Horford was the better player, right? I mean, that's proven out over time. Obviously, in the NBA, but like Noah was. Uh, he was the face of that team, and he was the most popular player. He was good. So, I mean, it was just a multitude of factors that made him really unlikable. Yeah, this is this was the answer for me it, when we talk about SEC villains. Just because Joe Kim, he was a, he's a guy that I absolutely forgot about, but not only was he hateable and ugly, like the texter said, very ugly, um, but he he was on good teams. Did They won back-to-back, did they not? Or two and two and three years. I mean, that's yeah. Oh six, oh seven. Yeah, he's got to be the answer. And Nick, he had he got the annoying TV coverage. Yeah. Yes. Oh, his dad was his his mom's a model, and his dad was a tennis player. Can you believe it? Also, how could a model make a baby that ugly? You know, it just gosh. So I mean, you had it was a culmination of factors that made him just utterly annoying. You got it from all angles. You had to hear about him all the time. Like anytime you turned on a general, like college basketball TV show, uh, he was on there for three years. It was just annoying as, as you know what. Yeah, and one other person texted in joking, no, no one worse than him. He embraced the hate, fed off it, and thrived. Hate that guy, and uh, still no assistant announced. TJ, we, we we still don't have a formal announcement for. I said ah assistant. It was a strength and conditioning assistant, but we still have not had a formal uh, announcement for an, a third assistant coach. Look, well, are you worried that uh, it might be a bruiser front promotion potentially? That's what it smells like. Gosh. Doubling down. That would be that, really. There has be, been well, there has been a theme from Cal in this offseason. He is uh, digging he his changes. heels in. He made changes last year. He's not doing it this year. He is doubling down on what he believes, um, and he's running it back. And so that's what it seems like to me. Can you all explain so we'll why that's such a bad move? I, I don't understand why that's such a bad thing. Because it's trending does... in the wrong direction, I think, is the ultimate. Right. And, and, and the thing, too, is Justin is every time he's hired a couple of his good old boys before, and we haven't really seen any returns from it. Like, what, what did you get out of hiring Tony Barbie? You know? So this has nothing yeah, to do at with... At least Bruiser has some charisma about him. This has nothing to do with Bruiser. It's more about how you've been burned in the past. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm getting? Yeah, and it's okay. like, hey, you just lost one of your tot shot young recruiters, and now you're going to go get an uh, old guy who has been a head coach before? Like, no, you... Ideally, you get another hot shot recruiter. Because you're losing recruits to Duke. That, that's that's the line of thinking, Mr. Scooter Dingus. So. Well, I think that's it's more so, Scooter. You've seen worst season of school history. Um, you come back with a, a solid year, but the, you had a team that had some warts. 
Like you, there was major defensive issues. You, there was injuries you can blame on, which is fine. Um, but instead of like trying to maybe, all right, I got a chance here to really kind of reinvent myself a little bit. You're just, all right, I'm going to bring back the old dog. So, yeah. I mean, you're, he's doing what's – he's staying in his comfort zone, and I think that's really what people are upset about. Whether it's right or wrong, I think optics of it, I think the fan base in general wants to see some evolution from Calipari, but he's – I think he, he did that last year in his mind, and he's, he thinks it's right. He thinks they're close. Um, so he's, go, he's going with the known. It's what it seems like. Got it. You know, whether it's right or wrong, we won't know until the year, but – but if it doesn't go right, that's going to be ammo um, to the non-supporters of Cal, I think, to the fire. We have approached the top of the hour. We need to hit our daily double break. When we come back, look it. I've got to do it. Shane Sharp. He's wowing people in workouts. We've got the NBA draft lottery tonight. So we're getting, we're hearing some feedback from all of the, the 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 draft circles, if you will. So we'll let you know how some former cats are performing and much, much more. And get to your text on Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We'll be right back after this on Kentucky Roll Call and Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call. Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Oh, Welcome back in Hour number 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. There we go. Nick Roush, Justin Kale, and Adam Lucky joining us today to talk some ball on a Tuesday. We're having a good time. We're rocking. We're rolling. If you miss any of our number one, you can go check out the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Brought to you by our good friends at Cornbread Hemp. Full spectrum organic CBD products. Whether it's extra strength gummies or you're using some of their their, their droppers or maybe even some of that balm you're going to rub on your achy knees. I was doing that power washer yesterday all day, Justin. Cornbread Hemp really hit the spot at bedtime try it out use promo code big x for 30 percent off at checkout 30 percent off at checkout you can't get that anywhere else folks use that promo code big x and make your day better with cornbread hemp uh gentlemen tonight is the nba draft lottery they're firing up the ping pong ball machine at eight to lead us into the eastern conference finals game one between the heat and celtics uh, PJ Washington is going to be there. World Wide West is going to be there. Um, but like the thing that I, I, you know, I don't really care that much about the draft lottery right now because Kentucky doesn't have a lottery pick. But I am curious at all the stuff that's coming out from these combines and things like that. They've got the, um, I don't know what they call it. They call it like combine light. I don't know. It's like the, there's the NBA combine and then there's another one. And Keon Brooks and, Kellen Grady are there. And in their first game, that box score, woof, 
a lot of missed shots, especially Barry got Keon. It was he has not had the the best showing uh, so far in his draft prep. Um, so I, I I have a feeling uh, it, college might be in his best interest to return. Yeah, I think the, it's pretty obvious. Like watching these playoffs, Nick. Guys like Keon Brooks can thrive in the NBA, right? Like, Grant Williams maybe not the best comparison, but similar to that, guys who can play multiple possessions, can got length and athleticism, can guard, and then can eventually develop a three-point shot so you can spread the floor. Like, I think there is a home for Keon Brooks in the NBA, but he's like a career 26% three-point shooter or something. Yeah, and his defense so, is not great. Like For, for Keon, uh, for Keon, I think – for him, like maybe leaving Kentucky and going to a place where he can play with maybe a good point guard and where he's going to shoot some three pointers and then maybe re- really work on his defense, like that would probably be the it thing for him. Yeah. Like him shooting mid range jumpers is just it's not, it doesn't do anything for, I don't think, for his NBA stock. That's just, that's, that's a football guy getting in the NBA here, but <laughs> like if you watch the NBA playoffs, there are guys that you could see Keon Brooks, like similar athletic profiles mm-hmm. um, that are playing big minutes and that are important pieces on playoff teams. Um, I think there's a row for him, but it's going to be playing a different style than he, maybe he is at Kentucky. Um, so yeah, I think coming back would probably wouldn't be the worst thing for him and maybe getting into some place where he can maybe be more, get more freedom, uh, shoot more threes, and then really work on his defense, and maybe he could find a home. He uh, he did an interview where he used the phrase, I'm all in on the NBA draft right now. And a lot of people a lot of people ran that in the wrong direction. Yeah, he I did saw not that say, I'm not, Yeah, I was like, guys, he didn't say I'm not going back to college. He said, this is what every kid says in an interview that's also in the transfer portal. They say, I'm all in on college. Uh, or excuse me, I'm all in on the draft because they want the draft scouts to treat them like they're going to be draft players. So, right. yeah, he's going to go to college, and I I don't know if it's it's the case if there's if that was scoopage or what. But a lot of uh, when he worked out for the Kings, they all listed him as a UCLA player. I don't know if just one insider got like a, a bad text, bad information, but they were one of his top four schools. Uh, but UCLA, that wouldn't be the worst landing. Like it would at least be nice to go to school there for a year. I wouldn't mind hanging out in Westwood. That seems like a nice place. Also, palm trees. Um, a lot better yeah. than Iowa. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Mick Cronin is seen as kind of a a current or forward thinking offensive mind. Um, but I don't. I, I I haven't watched much UCLA basketball. Um, he did good stuff with Johnny Juzang. I think you could say. Yeah, um, and, and then. Uh, I like uh, Hawkes a lot. That's uh, what I was him, say. Hawkes, Hawkes and Brooks. Hawkes just would take Brooks's. Mi- I mean, you know, I don't know is, how that. Did would Hawkes work, but... leave or he's still there? He's coming back. Yeah. Okay, that's right. They, their other guy, that that guard they had, went pro. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, Tiger. His name. Here. Tiger Campbell. Yeah. yeah. Tiger. Not Tiger. The other. They had another guy that was kind of a off-ball guy. It was him and Juzang, and then Hawkes was at the four. That other guy wasn't very good, but he was a highly touted recruit, so he yeah. decided I'm leaving. So Hawk, that, that's kind of a log jam. I, I, you will want to see him play a four, kind of like Hawk is. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, we'll see. 
Yeah, we'll see with Brooks. Uh, Grady also played in that game. He did not play very well. Shaden Sharp, he did not play in that game. He um, he did another one of those workouts like it, and I saw a, like, Jonathan Giovanni. He put, like, a four-minute cut up out there. And while it is amazing to watch him, he did, I think, a windmill dunk, and then the ball, like, took two bounces. He grabbed it and just off two feet went between the legs and dunked. It's impressive. But yeah, it, it has to be hard to scout these guys. Like who just haven't half of the, who haven't played like he hasn't played a legitimate like basketball game with stakes. Well, I mean, maybe in high school. So do you remember the um uh oh it was one of the it, it, I think it was one of the two K games where like on your loading screen before you actually like press start to play. You would just be playing like one on one. Do you remember that? Yes. You just kind yes. of dunk and yes. do. And you, I think it was that, NBA that, Live. It was like an old school NBA Live thing. I think that's exactly what his little workout looked like. Where I'm like, well, you're nobody's even guarding you right now, and you're just doing these weird like hesitation drip. I I was so confused. It's amazing though that like all these guys can drool all over him and he hasn't played a five on five basketball game in 18 months. Like dude, if you want to do a pro day, go freaking play a basketball game. I I just I mean I'm being sour grapes right now, Luckett, but I just I needed to just be mad and be an old man that yells at clouds because as fun as it is to watch this guy dunk, I can't take any of his dribbling around shooting fadeaways seriously. Because you know what? I look pretty decent sometimes too when I'm out there dribbling against nobody, just shooting threes in my backyard. Yeah, it doesn't uh, for him. There's no real value. And sometimes the unknown is better than the known. Um, so for him, he's already got a good stock. I don't think there's much value in him going and playing in the five on fives or whatever, the three on threes or whatever the combine consists of. He's just an interesting case study. I mean, it's the it's the ultimate scouting evaluation. Like you have for if you're going to take Sharp, you have to be like, all right, we believe in the skills it, uh, transferring to the NBA, and it's not it's a it's not a two year pick. It's more of like a four year pick. Like you know, you're going to develop, and he's going to be at something. But that's kind of what the NBA draft is. If you're a top ten pick, you're looking for a guy that can be an all star. If you're picking anything outside the top ten, you just want a guy who could be a role player on your team. I mean, that's really what you're shooting for there. Um, so for him, if you're spending a top 10 pick on him, you're hoping you can develop him into something. Um, but uh, but it's hard. Like the like you see in the baseball draft too, like a lot of teams don't like taking high schoolers early because it's such a crapshoot. Obviously, right. it's a little different in basketball. Um, now, these guys used to go all the time, but, I mean, Sharp just pretty much took last year off, right? Yeah. So there, I mean, if you're looking at probably mostly his junior tape and then then summer or the Peach Jam. Yeah, like when you watch, when you scout him, you're watching Peach Jam, and that's what and, you're pro- probably going off of for the most. He part. didn't play much in the Peach Jam, from what I understand, too. Like, the, well, it was my understanding that like that's when he really blew up. Everybody was like, "Oh, this guy could be like the number one guy." Yeah, so that's when he blew up. Um, but I think Travis Branham, he had his exact snap count for lack of a better term and it was you know a fraction of what the top ranked guy had the year prior so it's a small sample size of a small sample size he's already on the minutes restriction so he should be very comfortable with the NBA 
Love it. Absolutely love it. it. It's just his whole situation is really fascinating. Yeah. Kind of done this. And also frustrating for Kentucky fans. I mean, it just, there's no way around it. So seeing how that works out for them is going to be interesting because if he's like legit good, Nick, like top three, good, like potential all NBA type performer. They, they've kind of messed it up because they've hurt the draft stock. Because if he plays, if he's that good and plays, he's going to vault himself into yeah. a top three pick. Instead, he's kind of in the weird no man's land. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the long run, it wouldn't be a huge deal. But in the short run, it would. You know, you never know when an injury could strike or whatnot. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play. It's either going to be the biggest hustle of all time, mm-hmm. or it's going to be well. That was they were dumb. They shouldn't. They why did they play all these games? It feels like it's going to be one or the other. Yeah, there's they're in the middle ground now, but there's really no middle ground as for the end result. He's either it's boom or bust. Um, so they're rolling the dice and hoping to cash a check. Until then, and uh, you know, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to be. We're going to be seeing any of that at the University of Kentucky. Let's um, let's get back to the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450 is how you get in the show. We're going to be giving away one text or some tickets today. And one person just says, hey, can I have the tickets? <laughs> Should we just give it to him? Like it? <laughs> it's your show, not mine, buddy. <laughs> uh, another texter uh, shouts out Bruce Pearl. Which, yeah, he made, he was on my short list. Uh, this is, uh, uh, to jump ahead, another texter said, Bruce Pearl is the new villain. New money, kept us from a Final Four fuse back, few years back, excuse me, number one team most of the year last year. And, like, you also have the Tennessee teams, too. That's a good one. That yeah. I, 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 he, got, he got the Tennessee stink on him, and so that that is a, a box you need to check to be a villain. You gotta have that little some of that Tennessee stink, and then you get Pearl. He wears the jackets, um, sweats. He's he's very media friendly. You oh, know, talk yeah. talks up, and then he's had success against Kentucky. So you add all those factors together, it, it gets him on the list. And he's a known cheater. That well, the, the, yes, a, yes, or a known cheater and a rat. Like not only is he known for cheating, he's ratted out others. Uh, it, there's just there's just a lot to hate there. About Bruce Pearl, uh, my question for you, like, how long do we think? Because like the must bust, they're rocking and rolling right now. It feels like in the in SEC basketball, it's typically Kentucky and one other team. I remember Mark's story, like, kind of breaking down how UK's SEC rivals work. It's usually just whoever it's Tennessee, and then whoever's the next best team at that time. But Arkansas is rocking and rolling. Nate Oates has recruited well at times. Do we? Do we? Is the Bruce Pearl flame on the verge of flaming out? There's never been, I don't think, three schools that were ever recruiting as well as Auburn, Arkansas, and Kentucky in the SEC at the same time. I think this is a little bit of a different era. Okay. Because I just think the talent they're getting is not what used to happen. So I would argue that. I think if you're looking for a flame out, it would be possibly Tennessee, because they're not recruiting at as high a level. Barnes has had a really good developmental track record at Tennessee. 
Um, but I don't think you could depend on that every year. Like eventually you're going to have some three stars you miss out on. Um, now he's he's getting some guys to kind of keep them afloat. Um, but that that would be the team with these other three maybe kind of pulling away. That would be the one I would look at. But I think just now we're we're just going to enter a de- we're in a decade here at the beginning of a decade I think where you're just going to see the SEC be if it's not the best conference it's going to be right up there like it's the the SEC basketball fever jokes, I think, might be done. Like This is just going to be a tough league here for the foreseeable future, in my opinion. Uh, catch the fever. Man, I haven't had that SEC tournament fever in a while. Been a long while. Yeah, it's, it's legit now. You can't make the jokes anymore. All right, like it. Southern Hills this weekend, PGA Championship. A 25-ounce Mick Ultra is going to cost you 18 bucks. How many are we drinking? What? Well, sounds like we're going to have to make an ATM trip before heading out to the course. <laughs> $18, Scoots, for a shotgun can. $18. Sounds like, sounds like I'm eating ramen noodles next week. <laughs> I, I am not drinking more than two of those. I'll tell you that. Salad. Sheesh. Oh, man. Yeah, uh... I would like to sit sit here on the high horse and be like, I would not pay that. Oh, but I would. Yeah. But I would. And yeah. I wouldn't think I twice about it while I'm out there. I mean, I was paying $12 for 16-ounce Bud Lights a week ago, and all I had to do was walk across the damn tunnel and get free ones. <laughs> so, you know. I'm, it's just I'm, like whenever, whenever the football – whenever Mitch decides we're going to have beer at football games – um, people are going to be happy, but this is going to be like a six-month radio topic for you all, Nick. Prices yeah. of beer. Oh, yeah. That's people a- complain about the price of beer. And, uh, the, and then you're going to hear the, you know, uh, the only catering to the rich, uh, you know, taking out the little man, right. whatever. But mm-hmm. that that's going to be – that just is what it is. You, you, you got to pay the cost to be the boss. So, and, and I, it'll – Eventually, I don't want to say flame out, but we're we're not going to care um, <laughs> about yeah. that once the action actually gets started. Here, you got you got any picks for the PGA this weekend, Luckin? I know you. Uh, I, I you... will. I'm diving into all that today. Um, okay. So we check so, out 11 personnel this week. I'll have picks for us. Yeah, there you go. Good plug. Good plug. Because um, man, I I do like the quick turnaround though. I like where they've yes nestled I love the PGA new calendar. Yes. Yeah, th- because. This is usually the uh, the time of the year where things get a little bit dry in the sports calendar. I know we've got NBA playoffs and stuff, but it's just you know it's hard for me to get into that. But having this to kind of hold you over uh, before Memorial Day weekend, I, usually this is going to fall on like a Mother's Day weekend as well, that right. second weekend in May. So it, it's actually kind of nice in between Derby Memorial Day uh, to really kind of get you geared up for summer as a yeah. and, and it's going to be awesome. In two years, when they have Kentucky Derby 150, and then two weeks later, you've got the PGA at Valhalla. So the the city is certainly going to be buzzing that. Yeah, I like the change to the golf calendar. It stinks a little bit that the players got moved to March. It gets a little bit lost in the shuffle. But other than that, I think I mean it's it's boom, 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 four months in a row. You get a major. Um, you don't have to wait too long um, for the next one. Just very good stuff. I think they did here. Uh, and Tiger's back. Tour. Good job. And Tiger's back. He's playing this week. Says the leg is stronger. Um, I have to dig into the course, see how it plays. But typically, being an older player, like what Phil did last year at the PGA, is just was absurd. 
Yeah. He just got on an ultimate heater off the tee. Um, and then a, a few other players um, fell off on Sunday and uh-huh. on the weekend. And so things kind of aligned for him. But typically an older player, like, this is not the tournament for Tiger to win. Like, PGA and U.S. Open are not the two. The two that watch were the Masters and the British because those are more mental games than anything else. Um, those were typically U.S. Open PGA, you have to be long off the tee. I mean, it's really for the power player, the younger guys. Those who are kind of going to win there. Um, because the course is so tough that that being able to get long and get off the tee is pretty much most of the battle. Um, so for this, I, I'm not sure if this is a tournament for him, but he did win in 07, last time I was at Southern Hills there in Tulsa. Mm. Um, so we'll see, but he was right. He was a lot younger back then. He was, he was hitting it a lot harder yeah. <laughs> back then, too. So th- this is like the uh, – you know, the big power players. So, like, Scheffler, who's number one in the world, he's obviously going to be a popular pick this week. Dustin Johnson, all of all of those cats. Um, Speed's playing well. He's going to get a lot of buzz this week. This is this is the one Speed needs, Nick, for the career Grand Slam. Oh, I didn't realize that. And it's he's been got, so long since he's won a major, too. He's got a U.S., he's got a major, he's got a U.S., he's got a Masters, and he's got a British Open. Um, the PGA is the one he needs uh, for the career slam. Man, might not be a bad time to invest. I know Tulsa's not exactly yeah. his stopping grounds, but this is his neck of the woods. Uh, and yeah, he played, he's, he and played he's well last weekend. Here. He's so. been hot this year, yeah. So yeah. he's going to have some value. Nice, nice. Well, let's get to our final break. We're going to come back, give away some concert tickets, a, a good texture on the Thornton's text line, and uh, wrap up the show spanking on the bottom. So we'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. This is Kentucky Roll. Roll, go. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Billy likes to drink soda. Miss Lippy's car is green. Outstanding reconnaissance from our friends over at Happy Gilmore. Or no, not Billy Madison. God, Ralph, how you messed that one up? Great movie. Happy Gilmore's on Netflix now. I saw that the other day. I know. I'm I'm glad Netflix. They're just they're giving us the the good comfort food. That's what we need when we turn on. Seinfeld's Netflix. on there. Some good go-tos there on Netflix right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and we got some good text in Thornton's text on 502-414-1450s. How you get into the show. Um before we get to that though, I needed to hit a, a few quick hitters. Uh Ryan Howard is the first rookie to win Eastern Conference Player of the Week in her first week on the job since 2002. She's a badass. Uh, but I, what I thought was really cool about it is they had Kyra Elzey took a, put a bunch of people on a bus. They drove up to Indy uh, to watch her game over the weekend. That 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 was just cool. That like That's awesome to see uh, the Big Blue Nation still supporting her. Can't hurt the recruiting efforts uh, for Ryan Howard getting buckets in the WNBA. Certainly yeah, can't no. hurt. No, cannot hurt uh, one bit. Elsewhere, Lance Ware, he's down in Brazil 
they they had this program that a few different people, George, Dominique Hawkins, a few others did, where throughout the month of May, it's like a 10-day service trip where you're going to play some basketball games in between. He's down there with Kareem Watkins. His first game, he gets 39 points, 10 boards, and 8 steals. <laughs> Messed around and almost got a triple-double. I love it. I absolutely love it. There are some fans out there thinking right now, how could Lance Ware score 36 points in a basketball game? He oh, might have had, I think he had 36 points last season. Yeah. I mean, he he's never had double figures in a basketball game. Which, honestly, if he just made his free throws, that could change. You know? So, I, I like Lance because I did a couple of those uh, uh, satellite camps last year. And him and Jacob Toppin were... I, I know that we 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 kind of it's long forgotten, but part of the rehab and rebuilding process for last year was having those camps and like the the team camaraderie aspect. Lance is a good glue guy. He's a good locker room guy. I like having him around. I also like that He's he a, just comes the, in and starts fighting people. If he ever got good, he would be a villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That oh. is you want to talk about guy get under your skin every every game he came in he was getting into it with somebody out there if lance got to a point where he was like a consistent player even if it was just 15 or so minutes a game he would be a villain um speaking of villains we've got a great submission on the text line very good uh foresight by this texture uh one person says we're going to experience joakim noah level of disgust if spencer rattler somehow gets his groove back at usc junior whoa that kid on qb1 and like it he's already getting the offseason media hype the sec wants to fall in love with spencer rattler they already love his head coach they want him to be good they want him to succeed at south carolina nick did you watch that with him uh, only a little bit of it because uh, Nick Scalzo was on it, but I just can't like I, everything about me just hated. Like, let's watch these high school kids. Be I turds. think people are overreacting to a kid that's like the alpha in his high school being a seventeen-year-old. Yeah. Oh, and it was, but it's just like I don't want to see that. I know what it was like, and I was a. Uh, I mean, I was kind of that turd back in the day, but I he mean, was just like doing little harmless pranks, you know, stuff like that. I watched the one with Tate Martell, and Martell was a turd. But I mean, he's he's like he was a high school kid. Like I just don't. I'm not gonna overreact to well, to that. I think I don't, like was how I haven't seen any of it, so I don't know. But how like and it's a made for TV show, so oh, so they're gonna play it up too. And that's why I just I just hate stuff like that. I don't. I've yeah. come to realize I don't like do contemporary documentaries. I, I'll, I'll do a um. What's like I, even last chance you people like that. I, I don't I don't I don't like watching stuff filmed kind of as it happens. And the only one I really do is hard knocks just because it's August and I'm desperate to watch some sort of football. And then I get like an episode or two in and I'm like, this stinks. Nick, Nick Rouse, not a fan of reality TV. Uh, some reality TV. You know, my wife she'll watch those HGTV shows and like Yeah, but that I'm talking like that's not that's uh <laughs> that's work. They're working. Right. And this is just you're talking about like the reality TV that got popular, like following younger kids, um uh, uh, coming of age adults, that kind of that kind of reality TV is not in Roush's wheelhouse, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Especially sports ones. Like I 
the last dance or or watching you know so like uh the one that i really liked that one of their og 30 for 30s was about uh marcus dupree i believe was his name the running back from oklahoma the best it never was yes that was a really good one like i i like learning about stuff that i wasn't around for like the marinovich one i, I like some of those older ones i don't i'm I, contemporary stuff just eh, not for me not for me I, I went back this past weekend and i finally went around to watching once upon a time in queens about the 86 mets uh-huh that's it's a long a three, one it's a three-parter so it's three hours plus um but really good very enjoyable i would recommend watching that if you're especially because we weren't around for it to know so you know just to and yeah, well, i'm sure there was some wild cocaine cowboy stories <laughs> baseball was just way different it was way more popular Talked about how they built the team and just everything that was going on culturally. Um, and then inside the team, <laughs> there was a lot going on. Uh, very, very enjoyable. I would recommend that for, for anybody looking for something to watch in the summer. And the summer is the best time to watch all those because there's not a lot going on sometimes, mm -hmm. especially on the weekends when you're looking for something to do. So I highly recommend Once Upon a Time in Queens. Okay. Might might check it out. I I do need to watch that Eric C. Com one too. I just got a free trial of Apple TV Plus, so I'm gonna have to burn and turn through that one because I'm sure it's, I'm sure that one's a wild ride as well. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's you could make Eric C. Con documentaries probably for the end of time. <laughs> Oh, Texas on the Thorns text on shout out to Amos Luckett for graduating over the weekend. Yeah, shout out to Amos. Big shout, shout out, out, Amos. Big high school grad. Man. Awesome. Love to see it. Love to see it. He's doing good too now, right? Just rocking and rolling. Yep. Like, like brand new, uh, so had a pretty serious car accident, but, but doing well, uh, big, big celebration at the Luckett house over the weekend. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure many Bud Lights were consumed in celebration. So no, no, you don't know. <laughs> no, that's no way. Mr. House. That doesn't happen. <laughs> Oh, a texter on the Thorns text line says, Tim Tebow or Jarvis Jones are my most hated players of all time. Jarvis Jones is a random one. Yeah, that is a random one. Tebow's up there. I also got a text, Tyler Hansborough. Yeah. And because there was a, at a time, like, he looked like a Kentucky guy. I think if uh -huh. they would have been a better spot as a program, he would have been at Kentucky. Um, that was a guy. He stayed for four years. People despised him. He was good. Won a national championship as a senior. Yeah, I see. And I'm I'm one of the weird. Like I I embodied Tyler Hansborough in my spirit when I played basketball. So I'm I'm a little biased because I was the that 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 was me. That was the only way I could play. It was just be kind of hated. Hit some mid range shots. Rebound. Get in your face. And we all love Oscar here, and he just he gets nothing but praise on the broadcast. I think this is the year it turns on it. Fan bases are going to start hating Oscar. Oh, because they're going to be sick of hearing about him. Bring it on! Yeah, let's do it. We yeah, you're right, Lucky. He would be like let's let's make Oscar the villain. He's so overwhelmingly nice that you can't stand it. Uh, there was recently uh, he put out a video on Snapchat of him eating bugs. That thing is. You know we're going to see that in a broadcast when they're down in the Bahamas this year, Lockett. Yeah, yeah, eat all the bugs. Let's go. Also, I would rather eat bugs than mayo and coffee. Like, I love coffee. I love mayonnaise. Don't put them together. Bugs, too, aren't that bad, Justin. I bet you ate them all the time in Pekins. I've had my fair share of bugs. Yeah, absolutely. 
Worms were always the best. Got got the right ratio but, of dirt. Yeah, and if you uh, if you have you ever had the grasshoppers either? I have not. Those no. are crunchy and salty. No, nope. tasty. I haven't had those. Yeah. Yep. Might want to give it. Might want to give it a shot. Uh, another texture on the Thornton Sexon says basketball. Joe Kim Noah, big old suck it to him. And football, pick any Florida coach, and I will go with Urban Meyer or Steve Spurrier. Um, it's just something about Florida. It just yeah. them and Tennessee together. Florida's just like it's, but it's a different, different type of dislike. Yeah, Florida's just uh, no stuck up kind of um, acting like they're better than they really are. Tennessee is just, I mean, it's Tennessee. There's really uh, there's no no other place like Tennessee. I mean, even a guy who wasn't that good there. He had his hateable like when Jim McElwain couldn't take the shark jokes. You're like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you, buddy? Like that guy. That, so, something about that place. It's just the swamp. That's why they call it the swamp. It turns you into this animal, and it, it all goes downhill from there. An absolute train wreck. Another texture says, Bru "Oh wait, I, I read that one." Demarcus Cousin has to be the modern day villain for opposing UK teams. Football is probably Jordan Jones. We haven't had many unlikable players until the last five years because we've sucked. Um, Jordan I, Jones did have some yeah, but moments. I don't think he was big enough, all right, or had a big enough mo one moment. Like, Cash had the moment, went viral. Yeah. He was. And then, like, that year, like, the broadcast was him doing curls in the weight room with Tim Tebow. <laughs> Fishing with Tim Tebow, like that, that was. Then, he was like uh, he was literally a wrestling character that Kentucky just put on TV. It felt like at times he showed up to a press conference eating like a chicken sandwich, like talking yeah. trash. Yes. Like would take a bite and like Ugh. he would wear um, Black Sabbath T-shirts to press conferences. <laughs> he had the Dale Earnhardt hat on during warmups. Oh man, he was he was. He was the one, and then that moment happened, and it kind of got quiet. But like I like I said, if that year goes a little bit different, if he's a level, of, like just a little bit better, like competing for all SEC honors, and Kentucky was winning games, he would have just been insufferable for the rest of the SEC. And I, I'm I'm trying to think too, um, because he th that was the 19 year where he had the yes, for, yeah, yeah. Um, that happened because that happened and he kind of just, you just didn't hear from him. Yeah. He, he knew he had to, to tone it down a little bit, but uh, if that does, like I'm saying, if that doesn't happen, I think it just keeps building right throughout the year. And especially the way the season went for Kentucky, if they became like, they just ran the ball and played defense and were beating teams. Like that would have been who that could have been a year, <laughs> uh, but if it bounces another way. Ooh. I like this. We've got a hot take. I, I, spicier takes, the better. This hot take from Texter, Tim Tebow, because he's a bad Christian. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Under his quote-unquote mentorship in the media love fest at Florida, Hernandez was out killing people, and the Pouncey Twins were doing Pouncey Twin things. God shuddered every time he came within a mile of that uh, of the swamp that year. And, and that is without mentioning. And at Urban. He allowed Urban to coach far longer due to that era. Hashtag kicker lives matter too. Okay, that's I think that's my leader in the clubhouse. 
Nick, what would I tell you if I told you that Urban Meyer's tenure was only six years at Florida? What? Really? Yeah. You think it's longer, but it was only six years. I'm, I'm counting it up right now. How long was was Ohio State longer? 05, 06, 07, 08, 09, 10. Six years. He was at Ohio State seven years. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's uh, that's shocking. Yeah, it felt like at least a decade plus, right? And even Spurrier, <laughs> you you would think he was there for twenty years. I think it was twelve years he was at Florida. Yeah, it, that that also might just be a job you just can't do for a very long time. True, true. Um, we'll we'll see how this Billy Napier experiment goes. Um, of all of the folks he's hired, they they've hired over there. He feels like the most empty suit, generic coach generator of them all. 2023 recruiting is not going great for Florida as of right now. They've hired their army of assistants, though, so we'll see how well that that helps them. But um, they're going all in on Anthony Richardson. I lucky I must have missed when Emory Jones left because he's been he he did a transfer portal dip de do. They had the graphic during the bowl game that he was going to transfer after the bowl yes. game. He goes through spring, and he, yeah, he he decides to ultimately stay at Florida, goes through spring practice, but then jumps back into the portal. Where, where is he now? USF, maybe? Or? Arizona State. Wild turn of events. I'm sure some of it has to do with that quarterback transferring and kind of getting this easy opportunity there. But that was uh, – I, I did not know what to make of all of that. Yeah, he entered the portal during bowl prep, plays in the bowl game, talks to Napier, withdraws from the portal, goes through about 11 to 12 of the spring practices, and then puts his name in the portal then, um, and then doesn't participate in the spring game. Um, what that sounds like is Napier said, this is wide open, you could be a starting quarterback here. He comes back, sees writing on the wall, and is like, I'm out of here. Right. Um, I thought he kind of messed up. I think if he goes to the portal – um, Gus Malzahn chose John Rice Plumley yeah. to be the next the UCF transfer. I think Emory Jones would have been the more attractive player for that scheme, and I think he would have been a good fit there at UCF. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have liked to seen him there instead. He's going to Arizona State, who's pretty much lost their whole team. Yeah, um, kind of dead tough. man walking vibes there for Herm Edwards. Um, things aren't looking great there, and he's he's going to kind of be in a tough spot there at Arizona State. So best of luck to him. But, yeah, that was an interesting development there at Florida. Um, but back to the recruiting, like, Nick, this is the time where you would think the – like, this was a, this was his 2014 class at Florida for Mark Stoops. This is the time where you get a bunch of momentum and you have a really big recruiting class. I mean, that's not happening. So I would be a little concerned um, if I was Florida down there. Now, that a lot can change if they have a good season or whatnot, but this is – uh, this is not an early checkpoint they're hitting here. That you should be doing better than they are recruiting right now. Well, and it also goes back to the um, when Florida made that hire. You thought that was going to be the the big hire of the coaching carousel, and then Lincoln Riley bolts for USC. Yeah, uh, you know, Got lost in the wash. Yeah. Brian Kelly. Yeah, n- normally hiring Napier, that was going to be the big G five. He, he was the name in the G5 ranks, and it just got lost in the wash, and, and you don't get yeah. that year one recruiting bump. He had just previously turned down Auburn and South Carolina in the last coaching cycle. Um, he was – Mississippi State tried to 
make a run at him. He showed no interest. Um, so he's been waiting out like a big boy job like this where he could get alignment from the administration, get investment. And they have – they're totally all in with him right now. And I think he's a good coach. I like what he did at Louisiana. But you would like to see more, I think, return on investment for that recruiting. Um, again, it's early in the calendar. A lot can happen. Um, but early signs have, that's a little iffy there right now, I would say. And he missed on a bunch of coaching targets um, that he, guys he wanted to hire. Um, that was, I think, part of his pitch to Florida, like Ohio State defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, who was previous at Oklahoma State. I think that was kind of his top defensive coordinator target. They didn't get him. I think they missed on a couple other assistants. Um, so just so it's hitting some early t- turmoil in his tenure. So that's just something to to monitor. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on it. Just like I'm going to be keeping a close eye on General Booty. Um, I don't know what the future holds for General Booty, but I'm going to be watching General Booty. That's for damn sure. I think a backup role uh, there at Oklahoma. He was a big high school recruit, I think. Uh, not on. this one. That was a different booty. Um, you know, it's hard to keep all your booties in a row. <laughs> no, I remember General Booty in high school because he went JUCO and now he's at Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, he just, he was a little he moved around a bunch, so nobody took a fire on him. Uh, okay, yeah. So yeah, I think a, a little backup action to Dylan Gabriel. So okay. yeah, is he going to be able to play this fall? Or is it? Next I don't know. Year? That's a good question. I haven't that, really dug into that. I would assume yeah. so. But um, that that is the name of a real person, John David Booty's cousin, um, the former USC quarterback. Uh, going to be bet at his Oklahoma parents are a trip. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a sense of humor if you name your kid General Booty. Because it's one thing to give them a name of some military guard, but like General Booty, it's just a a walking pun. A walking pun. Absolutely love it, though. Another texture on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Their biggest SEC villain is Joe Kim Noah, hands down. He was good, cocky. His team beat us, and he was hideously ugly. Shouldn't even be a contest. Um, but I do like some of our other th- – this is a new submission we have here. Biggest in the Stoops era has been James Franklin. Nobody I've hated more than that smug SOB thinking <laughs> he was better than us. And then to follow that up with a win over him in the 2018 Citrus Bowl was such sweet, poetic victory. James Franklin stinks. Absolutely stinks. Speaking of signs uh, of going in the wrong direction, there's been some blatant signs here from Penn State. Here lately, their offense is stunk. He's made a couple of coordinator changes. It doesn't seem to be working. They obviously picked the wrong quarterback. Um, yep. Recruiting's been going fine, but not great. Um, some other Big Ten teams have started to gain traction on him. He made that those comments about Ohio State, about how they were close or whatever. They got to be elite to beat them, and it's kind of gone the other way. So that's a guy. He just got a contract extension. So he's fine, but I wouldn't be surprised if they throw another seven and five out this year, and then people are like, "What's going on here? Why have we kind of stunk the last three years?" And then you hate to see it. <laughs> well, and you know that things aren't going well when a lot of folks assume that he was going to be the big name on the move during the last coaching carousel, and nobody wanted him. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 we should have known. We should have known Nick when he teased Tennessee there, before they hired Heupel. That was the big fish that Danny White went after. Their new AD, 
Um, and it lingered. If you kind of dug into that coaching search, there were some legs to that. Uh, now, he might have just got it to get a contract extension or whatnot. Um, but that might have been a sign that things weren't going great at Penn State. He just lost his longtime defensive coordinator, Brent Pry, who's mm-hmm. now at Virginia Tech. Right. He, he's on like his third yeah. he's on his third OC since Moorhead. They're, those are turning over um, were, a lot. It was ugly. Point. It was ugly last year. Um, the guy before that, Kurt Soraka, he pulled the rug out from under him under one year. And Minnesota is jumping for joy that they're getting him back this year to call plays. So there's just there's just some signs there. They missed on quarterback. They haven't really had, um, you know, a big impact performer. They had Micah Parsons, and they've had some freaks on defense. The defense has been good. And some high that, picks uh, uh, from a skill talent standpoint. You had Jahan yeah, Dotson, Dotson this year. But Jahan um, Dotson was it on offense. That's really all they had uh, last year. And then they had enough, one, Parker Washington was a solid number two receiver, but Clifford was not any good. Um, and I don't think the scheme was very good either. So, yeah, they're, they're still recruiting at, like, a top 15 level. But there is there is some worries there, especially with, like, Iowa gaining ground. Wisconsin's going to be there. Uh, Michigan State is kind of the one that, that they're worried about. Michigan kind of stabilizing itself. Where you could see Penn State potentially slipping and they look up and they're 7-5 and five again, I think is mm-hmm. could be a very possible outcome. Wow. Oh. You'd hate to see it. You'd really hate to see it. Uh, another texture on Thorne's text on says, I remember a lot of opposing fans hating Jamal McGlure back in the day. Oh, that good call, Texture. Good call. Yeah, that's a good one. That yeah. is a good one. Oh, I I love that. You know, there's some there's some YouTube videos every once in a while on a slow day. I gotta go back just to rewatch and get excited about watching M- McGlure just throw a forearm into Woj's face. Oh. Or no, it wasn't into his face. He did the whole like, ah, and like started spazzing <laughs> out on the floor. God, freaking Wojo. And then a Billy Packer losing his mind. What's he doing to Wojo? What's he doing to Wojo? <laughs> like it was this kid out there. <sighs> Another texture says, talking about villains, what about Rondo? I think especially now that he's in the news for, it's pretty fitting. Bad, op- bad optics for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, um, if you all didn't see, his his longtime girlfriend, mother of his children, filed a restraining order for him in Louisville over the weekend. Uh, or I guess it was last week where this incident happened. And it's really upsetting and it's unfortunate because Rondo's one of those guys who you always, he had that reputation of being a, a loose cannon and you hate to see it. It's, it's one thing if it manifests on the basketball court, but not in front of kids at home. That was, that yeah. was sad. And he's a fan favorite for sure. No doubt about that. Another texture says he hasn't played in a single game, but the biggest SEC villain is Spencer Rattler. Gets all this praise while being a huge disappointment and has been a terrible teammate everywhere he's been. Can't wait for him to visit Lexington this fall. Yeah, South Carolina is an interesting team. As I've been kind of doing my uh, digging in to get ready for the season, like they do have some, especially on offense, they have some legit like guys that could be NFL talents. And so if you can put it together, I think their offense could be pretty good. But I have zero faith in that play caller. And Rattler's the ultimate wild card. Like, I, I, you could tell me anything, and I would probably believe it, um, that he's terrible, that he's one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. I think there's a huge window of, of chances that that could be really good or really bad. 
and that's going to be fascinating to watch. It's either going to be like a great launch point for Shane Beamer, or it's going to be a thing where they start trending in the wrong direction very fast. I, uh, I do. Like it, it is interesting though that our guy Connor O'Gara, he he is holding out hope, but not in a this guy's going to be awesome, but in a everybody kind of craps on him, even though he was playing pretty well until was it the Iowa State game where the wheels yeah. came off? Um, yeah, well, the Texas game is when it really got game. ugly. Yeah, um, but there was yeah. a couple games before he wasn't great. But if you look at like I've charted some of his data, like they're good numbers. Uh, but he's also quarterback for Lincoln Riley. Um, right. So it comes with a grain of salt. But, I mean, they're good numbers, and he has a good high school background. Like, he's the best quarterback South Carolina's had forever, right? <sighs> so from that, I get why the, there's excitement. I also think part of this is, Nick, Shane Beamer is the biggest me- like uh, biggest uh, media-friendly coach maybe in the country. Like, he's doing podcasts with Big Game Boomer. <laughs> I've joked with you that we could probably get him on our podcast. Oh, we probably could, though. And so, like, South Carolina holds a golf scramble for media uh, where <laughs> Beamer's out there glad-handed. And so, like, I think that's part of the South Carolina buzz you're seeing is he, a lot of people get access to him. So, of course, they want him to kind of, you know, be good. Or they're, or they're more willing – people are more willing to talk talk up South Carolina because – the relationships they have with Beamer, right? Um, so that 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 I think that's all adding into that. But if you go, if you go and look back at their year last year, like they ended strong, but look at the teams they beat, man. Florida at home was tanking. Auburn at home was tanking. North Carolina in mm-hmm. a ball game was tanking. All of those teams were just they, they had more talent than South Carolina, but South Carolina was playing way harder at the end yeah. of the year than those teams. Right. Right. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch them fall on their face. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, another text from the Thornton's text line says, this probably isn't what you're looking for, but Ryan Lochte is an all-time villain. Ryan Lochte? <laughs> Florida swimmer. <laughs> hey, he's on campus with Hernandez and I don't remember much of the Lochte stuff, but there was a lot. Like, a lot of people didn't like him. Well, just because he's an idiot. I, I didn't really get it. I, I thought it was funny. Yeah, poor meathead's getting a bad, bad rap. <laughs> Guy's just a meathead, loves to swim and lift. He was like a big partier, wasn't he? Yeah, he got in trouble down yeah. in Brazil for partying too hard. Guy and drinking like... beer and everybody get mad at him. <laughs> John here. Good morning, buddies. For me, one guy that I dislike in the SEC that was a villain and is considered a bad guy was Marshall Henderson. Tell me, if you could pick three from the Cal era and three from the Patino era and have a 1v1 tournament, who would it be? Walker versus Davis would be a crazy match. Well, got to go. Talk to you later. John, we're, we're running a little low on time. Maybe that's something we could get to tomorrow. But um, And this year, Jalen Williams at Arkansas, the flop master, he's oh, got a chance to turn into a really big villain. Yeah, good call. Very good call there. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of people like it really, um, really coming after you now. Keon must be doing something right to stay in the draft, you big-headed, goofy dum-dum. Uh, I, I, if he wants to stay, that's fine. Like he can, Keon can make a good living playing basketball. He's good enough. Like he could get on a two way deal probably. And even if that didn't work, like he can go overseas and make money. Scratch said, I didn't realize he was misquoted. Like you said, sorry, big head, dumb, dumb. I was wrong. He, he just said, I'm all in. Like whenever they talk to these guys and they ask them about the colleges they're considering, they just say, I'm all in on the NBA draft. That's what he should be saying. Yeah. Take it serious while you're in there. You don't. Mm-hmm. 
it's not a hundred percent. You don't have, that's the good thing about the draft process. Now you don't have to make a full on decision. You can kind of get your feet wet and figure out what kind of feedback you're getting and then make a, make the important decision after you get that feedback. But for now, stay, you know, treat it seriously and see where it goes. Mm -hmm. I can confidently say guys like Cam Brooks do not work out in the NBA. (laughs) I, I, yeah, yeah, of course. Just really, just, just really hating on Cam. But Hey, you know what? Um, you know, we don't need to pile on. Keon's a nice guy. We appreciate his time in Kentucky, even though it did not go well. Uh, random note, I truly get Wheeler led the SEC in assists and awesome, but certain media members acting like Wheeler could not be replaced by someone better. It's ridiculous. He went four straight games without making a shot and choked hard on in overtime. Well, the thing is, Texter, um, some of that is the could not be replaced by someone better there wasn't that person that popped up in the portal that was like a can't-miss guard like at this this go-around. I, I didn't feel like we had a lot of talented wings this during this uh, iteration of the transfer portal this offseason. And that's why, you know, if you if you take it as a, as a whole, like, yeah, I, I, we are fine to have back. Could you have somebody better? Sure, but I, I don't think that option was necessarily out there this time around. Last year you had Marcus Carr was a big fish, but there's also Buzz, Scotty Pippen, Marcus Zagorowski. Could have been guys that they could have got. There really wasn't that this year. Um, no. Pippen goes pro. You were thinking maybe a point guard would come open. Nothing really ever happened. Yeah. And so I think it was you know, the wise move was probably, you know, bringing Willer back because of how it shook out. There just wasn't the pure upgrade. I think if that was available, you could have seen that happen. Right, but there wasn't just a obvious no brainer out there. There just was. It felt like it felt like to me the transfer crop this year was down compared to last year. Yeah, in basketball. I'm with you too. Like if Baylor Shireman is the best of the best out there, you know, I just well, that and I think some of it is because uh, guys can understand like the the money to be made by staying put. It, people see their value, they see their worth, and now they can profit off of it. But um, as for now, running it back with Wheeler and Oscar Shibwe, uh doesn't have to be the best score, but as long as he's still dishing out eight or nine assists again. Yeah, the biggest question is probably going to be defense. Like, defense, how much impact can the freshman make? And yep. combine the lost shooting. Like, can you find, like, a happy balance there? If not, you might be in a little bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be a very interesting year. Um See how Cal kind of works yeah. his way through this. All right. We got to rush through these last few. Another text says golf talk, Z's, uh, suck it. A big old suck it to you. You're the biggest villain, Texter. Uh, another person says, Rass, there is no comparison between you and anyone in QB1. We've been over this. I was a bully. Um, so def- definitely bully, Mr. Two Sports Star. Yeah, take out your suck it and suck it, Texter. I won't be modest today about my athletic achievements. Um, <laughs> Another, I don't blame you for being bullied in these sales. You're so hot in there. No ACs. Oh, oh, we had no problem with that. It's <laughs> even hotter in those lockers when you're stuffed in there. Am I right? <laughs> you have to ask the guys you stuffed in. <laughs> Every time I make contact with a stranger at Bourbon and Beyond, I'll smile and say, Roka. Um, not an SEC villain, but I can't find a more deserving person to hold the title than Grayson Allen. That dude is the epitome of a rich frat kid that never had any consequences for his actions. 
big old suck it to that guy. That is a big yeah, old suck was, it to that guy. He was getting roasted on Twitter because the Celtics were just <laughs> getting him in switches and just Dude, going man. right at him. Oh, super effective, Sam needs ticks. Sorry, Sam. Maybe maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to go back to the phone lines um, with a little bit of trivia. But I got to give I, – I, I love the hot take that Tim Tebow is the biggest villain because he was a bad Christian. Just That's <laughs> exactly what I was looking that, for today. That's great content radio. right there. This exactly. Well, okay, thanks for hopping on today. We're going to have another 11 personnel for the fans out there later on this week. But it was it was good to to wake you up early with uh, Scooter Dingus, uh, noted uh, Robbie Hummel hater, and to get some takes in today. So I appreciate it, Luckett. Indiana, always jealous of Purdue basketball. Yep. Yep. Oh, Justin, if you could get reach out to that uh, fine texture and get their information, I'd greatly appreciate it. I got you. And then we can get the ball rolling. Give away some more tickets uh, tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, We'll have Big Blue Drew on to cap off the week. Uh, For Adam Luckett and Justin Kalen, I'm Nick Roush, and this has been Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Roll Call.